Okay, and welcome to another edition of the Race Hour podcast. Been looking forward to this one for a long, long time. It is time for our podcast version of the Cheltenham Festival Preview 2019. It's myself, Dean Ryan, here in gambling.com towers. And of course, this podcast is brought to you with those clever fellas at Bet Hard. I'm delighted to say Dermot Nolan is here. Hello, Dino. All set for the big week ahead, of course. Paddy Aspel. How are you doing, boys? Very well, indeed. And, uh, well... Stephen Cass is back because we need someone with a little bit of expertise for four very special days of racing. Stephen, how are you? Good, good. Thanks. Yeah, yeah. You, you like a good intro, I'm sure. Um, yeah, yeah. I'm feeling, I'm feeling pretty important now after that, and I'm not sure why. But well, look, everybody is. <laughs> we'll see how it goes after. Everybody Germany. has heard everything myself and Dermot have to say. Paddy, of course, wasn't on our videoed uh, Cheltenham preview night, but he is in for the podcast version. So. We're in a very good place as we go through four days of the Cheltenham Festival. So why don't we get started? Day one and uh, in traditional kind of Cheltenham preview uh, format, uh, we always kick off with the Supreme Novices Hurdle. Um, I've talked to death about it on here. I'm quite confident that I've found the right one, but I'm going to go to Stephen Cass first and see what he makes of the Supreme Novices. Um, yeah, I think I think people have talked down this race. I think it could end up being a really good renewal. The Supreme's one of those races you don't know until afterwards how good it is. Um, and I love the shape of the market because I think Al Dancer, I've said on this podcast before, I, I you know I think any horse that's in there could have won that uh, Betfair off one forty one. So I think he's he's not a false favorite, like he's a solid favorite. But I think he's making the market. Um, I think Fakir Duderi's the race he won was a bit of a farce of a race. I don't think it's necessarily hard for a four-year-old to win the race. But look, you know, there's reasons to take on the two favourites. The one I like is Itchy Feet. Uh, I've mentioned on this pod before, so I won't go into too much detail on it. But basically, giving um, giving weight to Elixir de Nuts at Cheltenham and giving £5 and only being beaten a length was a great run. It was always the plan to come here fresh. Uh, Elixir de Nuts is 7-1. to one. Itchy Feet's 25s. I don't think there's, there should be that much of a difference in the price, but that's only one run. He also beat Grand Sansi, who's who's heavily fancied here. I've just worried he's a bit of a buzzy horse. I wonder is he a bit of a, uh, you know, it doesn't look like Cheltenham be the perfect track, but he has run here before. I think 25 to 1 is a very big price. So Itchy Feet's the one I'd like. I don't get the low for Angel's Breath at all. I thought he'd every chance to win the race mm. the last day. It's coming very soon on the back of that. Like that horse clattered the the... Southfield Stone clattered the last and he really should have gone by him so I, I, I like Daniel's Brett going into that race but he's too short now for what he is so there's a load of each way value out there I'm, I'm like I, I wouldn't be surprised if any of the first three in the market didn't place so Itchy Feet's the one I'm coming down on but I'd uh, I'd encourage anyone to have a bet if they fancy one at a price if you like Thomas Darby or Mr. Fisher or whatever um, I'd encourage anyone to have a bet Itchy Feet would be the one I'd go for Okay, that's Stephen Cass's verdict on the Supreme Novices. Paddy, I'm going to come to you next because I know you're a big Owl Dancer fan. Um, Stephen said he's a solid favourite, but perhaps there's value elsewhere in this market now. Yeah, I think Stephen is dead right as regards, you know, the sort of mark that he he won that race off the 1-4-1. But the fact of the matter is, you know, we're going to have stacks of pace. Your first race at Cheltenham, you know, the likes of Brandon Castle in there, you know, proper trailblazers in the front end. And I think that's going to be the key to this horse is a bit of early speed uh, because he's been doing everything wrong and still winning lately because he's been over racing and that's just his way. And, and Twiston Davis has, has made no secret of it. He is a buzzy forward going horse. So this will suit him an absolute treat, I think, I'll dancer. And, but Steve is right. He isn't much value. So therefore, he is giving people an opportunity to, you know, to... to 
get some good prices elsewhere. But for me, I'm struggling to get away from Aldanzo. I really do just think the way the race is going to be run, it's really going to play to this horse strengths. Okay, and you've stuck to your guns <clears throat> over the last few weeks on this race out about our dancer, and he is sitting there at the top of that market. Then, but myself and yourself were on the the race out preview night, of course, and uh, I think it's clear to everyone we're massive Angels Breast fan. Stephen suggested that he didn't enhance his credentials there on his last run behind Southfield Stone. Uh, I felt the opposite. Um, I'll let you have a few words on the Supreme. Yeah, I won't go into this too much, Dean. Uh, you know, I we. We spoke to death on the previous night, but yeah, I, I, I just think you can obviously Southfield Stone went through the last, but Nico de Bonville didn't didn't really touch him. He, he he was really happy just just to go through gaps to really like discover what this horse was. The fact that Davy Russell speaking him up so much, I'd imagine Davy Russell actually might be on board this horse for the um, Supreme with just the amount of tipping he's done of him. The horse missed vital work coming up to that race. Nicky Henderson had a big smile on his face afterwards. Um, to me, this horse really enhanced his chances. Uh, he gave that horse five pounds on the day and and got that close. And I genuinely were on him, so I wouldn't be going in on him again just yet. But I'm hoping now that that the market is made by by one of the front two. I can go in again. Um, and the other one, then Dean, that I mentioned at the preview night is the each way angle on Mister Fisher. He's just he's a solid one. He's been there. He's done it. He's beaten a lot of the horses in the field and. Uh, at 12 to 1 or so, he's definitely the one each way. But uh, Angel's Brett, all the way for me, I think he definitely enhances chances more so than, than anything else. Did. Fascinating to see a few jockeys have been jocked up here. I'm delighted to see Richard Johnson has got the leg up on Thomas Darby, which is fantastic news. Gavin Sheehan, for you, Stephen, has been booked up for Itchy Feet. Would you be happy enough? Well, it's not a surprise, is it? Like he 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 rides a lot of those, so it's what you'd be expecting. Yeah. Um, yeah. Happy, like you know, I'd rather if David Russell was riding him, but Gavin Sheehan's perfectly capable. He is. He is indeed. And um, we think. Well, my view is that Angel's Breath will go a favourite for this race, but I'm guessing you don't agree with that, Stephen. Um. I, I, I don't know. I don't know. Look, look he might. I, I, I wouldn't like to be backing a Nicky horse in the Supreme either because he's run a lot of good horses in it and they've been beaten, you know, the likes of Sprinter Sacra. Mm -hmm. I don't think he's putting, like, I doubt Nicky has do done anything with this horse since the last day. So you're going to expect this horse to jump. He jumped okay. He jumped okay, but not perfectly when they got to the business end of the race. So he, he won't have done anything putting the gun to the angel's breath, putting the gun to his head. So, like, where's the improvement coming from? You're expecting him to put the, the head down a tough Supreme and, and battle and beat fairly battle-hardened horses like handicappers like Al Dancer and tough horses like Elixir de Nuts. I just, I don't see him having the experience to go and win this. He might be the best of them in time, but not on Tuesday. Not for me, anyway. And so I would happily be laying him. If he goes off 3-1 to one or something, I'll actually will lay him and I'll place lay him. That's where I think he will go off. So I might be ringing you up for a slightly better price on, on the day. <laughs> yeah, I'll enhance. <laughs> I'll, yeah. I'll see what I can get off you. Um, Demo, who's going to go off favourite for the Supreme? Uh, Angel's Brett. Paddy? I mean, he's going to have to. They're going to have to clip him in a couple of points, aren't they? It's to be very, very little in it. Um, I think he looks pretty solid at the front of the market. Al Dancer just now. Okay, so favourite and the selection for Paddy is Al Dancer. Dermo, you're going to go with Angel's Breath and an each way on Mister Fisher. And Stephen Cass is suggesting to grab a bit of value with Itchy Feet. I'm a Thomas Darby and Angel's Breath fan. Um, have back both uh, pre-race 
And I'll be very interested to see what Stephen Cass will lay me on the day for Angel's Breath if that price comes rocketing. Yeah, in. we'll talk on we the day. We will indeed. Actually, you could be my favorite bookmaker this week, I think, as we get there, if we if we keep banging heads. <laughs> Let's see how we go. Uh, shall we move on to the Arkle, please? Of course, um, since we last spoke, there's no Larishberg now in this field. So we've got one big, big gun. And I think a lot of people's fancy for the race, of course, is gone now, that being the favorite. Dermot Nolan, I'm going to come to you first. Um, you've been looking at the Arkle today. Where do you think we should be going? It's it's a very hard race. Um, just going through it. I mean, Glenn Forza like, won a race this year of 114. He started off in November. I mean, he's on some upward curve. I just can't have him. Uh, I just really can't. Like, I just think he, he's improving, no doubt. But in a normal Arkle year, he'd be nowhere near it. But this isn't probably a normal Arkle year. I can see the line with hard line, but just, again, I'm not convinced how good he is. <coughs> and I just think that the horse I'm coming down on, I will not be backing until the day to see what ground. But I think Laylor is the best horse in this race far from an ideal prep but most of these have had far from an ideal prep actually most horses going into Cheltenham have had far from an ideal prep just the form of that top novice's win last year at Cheltenham or at Aintree off a similar uh, break uh, when beating you know a plethora of horses behind like Vision Day Flow Bedrock Global Citizen and Midnight uh, Midnight Shadow all those horses were in behind they've all gone on to win at least grade twos this season, beat them all. On a normal year, Laylor at that price, I would be avoiding it like anything else. But just this year, I'm just kind of edging towards it. And the one then that I put up um, each way at 20 to 1 is us and them if he runs here. He's just been running on and running on, and he's one of them that, that would probably be ridden for a place like he has been all season. And the way that they might go hard up front with Glen Forza, etc., um, it might just see it up for a horse coming like us and them and at 20 to 1 I think he could be a decent angle but I'll be waiting until on the day I'll be waiting to see how this rain affects the ground I don't think it's going to be as soft as heavy as people are thinking it's going to be I think that'll suit Laylor and um, I think he'll go very close we should, t- we should touch on the weather lads sorry do you, like we are um, sorry Dharma we should touch on the weather because everyone seems to have this assumption it's going to be a bog but like looking at the Norwegian the YR done at an O site there's no rain, almost no rain coming to Cheltenham until next Wednesday. So, like, we could be looking at good yeah, ground. Like, I, I, I wouldn't be, I I wouldn't be making Steve. it this. Or, uh, yeah, Steve F. <laughs> I don't yeah, know if they yeah. will. Declan Ricks offered me a million they lost <laughs> their water yeah. on Twitter today. Now, only, I, I, only messing, obviously. But, like, uh, there's every chance they could water. Now, Paul Keeley said today, I was involved in a Twitter um, back and forth on the weather. Paul Keeley said it's currently good to soft soft in places um, they had a bit of rain the other day or yeah, last night but if if they only get six or seven mils between now and then that'll be good to soft could even be good and they could water or it could go the other way and the rain that's due Cheltenham week could come on the Monday and if it, if it rains the day before it could go soft but like do you be tying yourself up and not worrying yeah. about which way the weather 100%. will go and this assumption it's going to be soft ground isn't yeah. isn't correct like, if you look at the wire that I know is the best site I'm kind of working in the assumption we'll have good to soft ground because they'll water it if it's good and it, you know if we get a bit of rain it'll be good to soft so I think that's probably the, the play you know but I just 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 to note that because someone said it to us on the Twitter questions last night about oh if there's heavy ground horses 
you know what what would you take into account but i'm i'm working on the assumption for the tips largely that it's it's good to soft ground just to note that at the start of the i think it's a certainty it's going to be that ground because even though the bit of rain they got last night just going to avoid them from watering they're going to get a little bit more we think before racing and maybe a bit on that monday and then later in the week the ground could change but it's going to start on good to soft soft in places they're going to call it that anyway and i, yeah, I call it and that. i think i think all you're going to get is a, a a ground, a set of ground conditions no one can complain about, surely. That's it, that's it. Hopefully, yeah. 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 I just think that Hopefully the, that's where we are. That ground will suit Layla a lot better than that run at Sandown. That performance at Cheltenham for me, with what is left in this field, is still the best performance of any novice in this field. And I think Layla, they'll, they'll probably come from, and I think uh, he'll be very backable on the day. That race at Sandown for me for Layla will be either the best thing that ever happened to it or the worst thing that ever happened to it if Dickie pulled him up after four or five fences that would have made a lot of sense to me having him go all the way around and maybe they thought maybe Dickie thought he'd teach him something certainly he had no chance in the race um, and at seven or two I couldn't go near him Stephen Cass there is going to be a winner of this race I don't think it's the easiest one of the week um, no, but I think if you look at the race, I, I, I think it's, you're only going to have to run in the mid 155s to win it. And I think the two most likely horses to do that are the two favourites. I think one of Glenn Forsa and Layler or Lawler will produce on the day and one of them will win because I don't think Hardline is, is up to that level. Duke de Geneva is one of the worst prices of the week. Like he's, he, he absolutely would be going in the JLT only for the real steel for that race. He's never won over two miles, Steve, um, has he? He's it, never won over. Yeah. He, no, and he's never looked quick. So, and, and the Arkle is a faster race than the Supreme. Like, you need, Paddy, I tell you, you need to go a million in the Arkle because you're, you're, you, you lose such a rhythm if you don't jump at speed and you have to go flat out. So, it's actually, you need to be a faster horse for the Arkle than you would for the Supreme. So... I would absolutely not have him in my mind. He's one of the worst prices you'd ever see. I think Paloma Blue, if the ground is coming up, you know, good to soft, I think he'll go for the JLT. So there's very little in the race, unless you can forgive Kalashnikov. Um, us and them, you'd imagine Dermo, even though you like him, he, like, he won't be running in the late 150s. So then there's literally nothing left in the race. Absolutely nothing left in the race. So one of Glenn Forsa and... Uh, Lawler and I just I wouldn't be as worried about Glenn Force's hurdle form and not being the best hurdle horse in the race because with the Henrietta Knight connection I'm sure like he only had three runs over hurdles I'm sure they were bringing him along slowly and he's looked a bit of a monster but I think with his action I think he would prefer soft ground so if we're on a kind of a normal first day of Cheltenham um, I think Lawler he's probably even money to be able to reproduce the performance he did in November and if he does that he's definitely going to win so Seven to two, Lawler win only. I'll take that. Okay, another shout for Lawler there, and a good case made by Stephen Cass. Paddy Aspel, the Arkle. Um, I mean, obviously, I was uh, always in the Larishburg camp big time, but um, I mean, now for me, I was just so disappointed. I mean, why did why do you think that your man didn't act around Sandown the last day? Because he's got form going that way around Lawler. Soft ground, I Paddy. I think yeah. Sandown. But Sandown, Paddy, isn't it such a track? I, I think Sandown, I said this on the podcast before, Sandown's is such a funny track and horses, they can often have a bad day there if they don't get into a rhythm. And if you don't get into a rhythm early because you're going down the back there and all of a sudden you just really don't enjoy it. And that could mm. be a factor as well. And the fact he's loved Cheltenham before would sway me more towards him. Like if he was two to one or six to four, fair enough. But you're, you're getting 
almost yeah. four to one here. And if he does run up to that Cheltenham run, then four to one is a steal. I know what you're saying, but I'd, I'd forgive him one bad run at Sandow. What's your opinion on Sandow? Well, no, I mean, the or... thing is, he's just, he was so disappointing that day because he was never going. He was never, he just never turned up. So I would have liked to have seen him again since, you know, that that's a fair while ago now. And I mean, the thing about this yard is just so hard to get any sort of an angle on. She never has any runners. She's got some very, very moderate horses in the yard. Um, you know, you look there, I mean, the last fortnight, she hasn't even had half a dozen runners. So, you know, and he, he's not even had a race course gallop that we've seen. You know, we're just told he, he's, he's gone well around Exeter. But, you know, like I say, they're, they're not going to say he, he only went okay, but we're still going to run him in the arc. So you're taking plenty on trust. I think Glenn Forsa, for a horse who hasn't run around Cheltenham, I think is short enough. I do love him, though. Um, I think he's a proper, he's a proper bit of kit. And, you know, although he is low mileage over fences, the way these Radfords and Henry and I, these horses are so extensively schooled, you can see by this horse, like them railway fences at Sandown, you know, for a horse who's a novice, the, the, he literally, he could have gone around there with, with, a, with a bag over his head. He's just so good on his feet. And for an Arkle, that's what you're going to need. Um, I wish Mick Shannon wouldn't talk him up so much because the horse has got to go there and prove it. And like I say, he's never been around Cheltenham. Um, but I, I do think he's very, very good. And, you know, I wouldn't like to see him any shorter, simply because of the fact he's not been round there yet. But uh, around about 92, I'd, I'd be happy to be with Len Forza because I think he's got masses of potential. Okay, Paddy's on the, the side of Glenn Forza. I have to echo everything said about Layla. I just. My concern with that horse is that they didn't get another run. You have to get rid of that Sandown experience for me to be able to back Layla. As much as I can see that that previous performance at Cheltenham sets the bar for for this group of horses for this particular article, that's for sure. The horse that I could only back now, and I've already backed him, unfortunately, uh, given what happened the last day behind Glenn Forster, is Kalashnikov. And with no Deffy Desoy in here, I think he's the one flying the ointment for the top two in the betting. And um, you're going to have to forgive a few bits and pieces to get behind Kalashnikov. But they've, I, they've I just stuck think with, with Kalashnikov, uh, Dino, he's not a bad jumper, but he, it doesn't come as natural to him as a few of his rivals here. Um, he just has to work that bit harder. And at this sort of level, he while he's working hard at his jumping and, and trying to help his jockey out, other horses, will be, they'll just be taking ground off him in, in, in the air, you know. Um, just really when it's when, when the heat's been turned up this time, you know, he started off around Plumpton and he wasn't very impressive at Warwick. He had three or four runner races. And the two occasions when it's, it's really been put up to him, he's been found wanting for me. Um, I just think he's not, I, he's not enough of a natural over fences to be competitive in an arco. Yeah, they keep running that horse over the wrong trip. He's they should be putting him up and trying to make a Gold Cup horse of him next year. Well, they could have gone JLT, you know, he's, couldn't he's they? Up. They've made that decision not he'll to. Be able, they he'll they be definitely yeah. considered bet for that bet, bet Victor Gold Cup mm. next year. I think. Yeah, he, he yeah. wants to go up and trip and and like Glen Forza as well. Like the race for Glen Forza, like he's thirty three to one for the King George next year. I'd say have your fingers at the ready if he runs a big race in the Arkle because that race is made from. Oh, absolutely. Uh, I think Lawler will beat him if he's in a going day. But thirty three to one's Glen Forza for the King George. He is made for the King George. Uh, we're really going <laughs> off a tangent there now, but and I I, I don't want to give the impression I'm very very strong on Lawler Anthony, but I just just 
you know, I think it's going to come down to one of those two, and I'd side with him over over Glenn Forza. It'll I be a good race, though, in a way, even though it's a rubbish article, it'll be it's a really interesting one. You know, I'm looking forward to it. it might not be a rubbish article if it has the the big Bet Victor winner in it, the King George winner. Yeah, in it, the and, King George you know, winner. Yeah, you know what <laughs> yeah. I mean. So I love I love yeah. those tangents. And um, myself and Dermo actually famous on the race hour for before Mike Bite won his RSA, telling him on the back end for King George at 25s the following year, and neither of us did it, and he won. So, yeah. so there you go. Those tangents are not the worst in the world. So we've got two shouts for Layla with uh, Dermot and Stephen Cast. Then Paddy Aspel's a Glenn Forster fan, uh, jumping being the big priority there. And I'm going to stick with Kalashnikov, but I feel like I've been talked into uh, into a corner there. So we're going to move on from the article. Um, the old team of handicap is the following race on the card on the Tuesday. Um, I had a fancy for this, and I've just been looking at the entries, and he's not there. So and I think Dean, I should um, shut up and go and Dean, Tom, Tom, Tom at base, on. God Nordy, on the, uh, when we asked for questions last night, he just asked if we can just talk about give me a copper for the whole thing. So he's 32 <laughs> favour for this. So Yeah, well, we, we can talk about him for the whole thing. My view yeah, is it's a terrible <laughs> price for a race like this. <laughs> so uh, there you go. There, there's my, my threepence worth. Let's go to Paddy Aspel and the old team. You can start with giving me a copper. Yeah, I mean, it wasn't a bad reappearance from when we saw him last time. Um, and he probably offers a bit of value. And just, I mean, the thing is, there's a few stables, you know, the likes of Neil Mulholland, Nichols. I mean, what a time of year for your horses to be in the sort of gear they're in. Um, you know, it's it's fantastic for them. But, I mean, there's a horse I put up the other night in the article, but I see he's not in the entries now. Is is no means to it for me. Um, he was going to carry yeah. top weight, Paddy, wasn't he? So, so I'm not sure. Skipped. I'm just trying to have a look to see what else he was in um, to see maybe where they're going to go with him. But... Uh, He's entered in the Ryanair anyway. So there, there was a couple of others here, um, sort of at bigger prices. I looked at Venetius Calypto, was round about 20s. Um, he's got a nice race and weight. Lakeview Lad has got plenty of weight up the top, but this is a horse now uh, for Nick Alexander, who has really improved. I mean, Trevor Hemmings, they bought him last year because they've seen that this was, you know, he was a real good prospect. Has had some j- jumping issues in the past, but he's really earned them out now. And, and th- this is a proper good handicap chaser and he has won both his runs this season and he just seems to be on the improve although he's nine year old uh he hasn't been over raced and like i said he's got them jumping issues ironed out now and his form is very very strong and he certainly deserves his place in in, in the lineup here and he's roundabout um where did i have him yeah you know i mean so he's sort of Two there in Calypto and Lakeview Lad in like I say it's 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 a very, very open race. I mean even the year I won it, you know, I, I gave my horse no chance. So he was thirty three to one, you know what I mean? So it's 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 one of them races, it's it's sort of on the day who sort of turns up. You did I gave you a chance that year, Paddy, so you're okay. You're okay. Thanks for thanks for doing the job for me. Stephen Cass on the old teamer, please. Um, I, I'd always be looking for a novice or a second season novice in this and the one I like is a crucial role of Dan Skelton uh, I thought his debut win it was a beginner's chase of Utoxeter but Manuel but there was some race he beat now McGinty 9 lengths and Sheft Zobo 15 lengths and he just jumped like an absolute buck um, they're big fences at Utoxeter and it's quite you know left handed um, decent enough gallop and track and he just it, it, it's a good test for Cheltenham I think and he loved it around there uh, now he went and he burst after that behind Jerry's back so back in the burster I would always say only back them win only because if they're on a going day you're fine but if they bomb out they really bomb out so he's around 20 to 1 I'd back him win only um, after he burst he went back to Utoxeter 
uh, after they had the entries for this. So he's a five pound penalty. So he's running off effective 150. Um, you'd rather him off that 145 or late 140s. But uh, I think he has a fair engine on him now. And he kind of is one of those that could be anything. So crucial role uh, is the one that, that I fell down on. He might go RSA, but I would suspect he'd go here and he'd be the one I'd chance. You kind of need an RSA horse to win this race these days. There's no, like, you can see them taking a, a, a decent pot shot with that horse. That's crucial role. Uh, absolutely. Stephen not Cast, Emma Nolan. Nothing at all, no. no Nothing I'll, at all. I'll find something in the day, uh, but it's uh, it's a race that I that I find hard enough on the day without uh, going too much in-depth. Anti-posting? Well, you didn't say anything about giving That's me a copy, yeah. just the price I is back wrong. him, but bar that, uh, no. Absolutely no opinion. I really like Gold Present for this, who burst in the race last year. He's not going to go. And the other one that was on my shortlist is Tom George's Activial, who is uh, nine years old now, tough as old boots. And I think there is certainly, there's probably place chances with him. He got off a very nice price, around 33 to 1 uh, for Tom George if they let Activio loose in this contest. I think you need something with a touch of class. He's got it in there and plenty of experience and toughness in him to boot. So Activio is an interesting shout for me, but he's an afterthought after Gold Present is not there. Shall we move on then and cover the champion hurdle feature race of the afternoon? Paddy, I'm going to come to you first. You've got your wish. Apples Jade is going to run in this race, taking on Bouvardere and Lorena and Sharjah and all the others who we have talked about and waxed lyrical about on the race hour before. Are you going to stick yeah, with Yeah, certainly will. Um, I mean, this is by far going to be Bouvardere's biggest champion hurdle test. There's no doubt. And I mean, the thing is, he's been beat this season. And when he has won, some of them have been, you know, sort of no contest really. So we're still a little bit in the dark as to how much ability he retains still. So, and from what we've seen of Apple's Jade this year, there's been no hiding place that came back to two mile the last day and she's routed. Uh, I, I wouldn't say a below average um, champion hurdle field, but it certainly wasn't a vintage, but nonetheless, um, just the, the style she won it in. I think she looks the real deal this year. And like I say, that mayor's allowance, it's, it's just going to be so difficult to, to give this mayor weight. And, and, um, and, and, and a beaten so I'm, go, I'm going to stick with her and, and for, uh, for a, a bit of an outside rag maybe to pick up the pieces because there'll be plenty of speed on I'll go with Willie Mullins and Sharjah at a price just to pick up a little bit of small money yeah Sharjah's there around 12 to 1 they're vying for favouritism Demo are you going to um, burst anyone's bubble with the top two are you a Lorena man where are you going yeah I'm against them all really not against them all but I just couldn't be back in any of the three really at the prices they are Esper Dallin is the one that I've I put up a few months ago on my uh, Pat to Presbury blog, and I've kind of put it up on this podcast anti post as well. Um, I just think he's he's look he's got a lot of trends to beat. You know, being a five year old, there's there's absolutely no no getting away from that. But it's just he's won seven of his eight runs. I mean, he came back wrong after that spring juvenile last year, and then kind of was pulled up for the year. That didn't happen. He's unbeaten, and this season again, Saldi was arguably. I mean. Salde was my big white hope for the champion hurdle division this year and just kind of hasn't gone right for him since he was coming that day to take on Esper Dahl and the two of them pulled well clear of Mr. Adjudicator and they were pulling away when Salde fell at the last. Afterwards then, he's gone on to win twice and really the big performance was at Christmas when he absolutely hammered Stormy Ireland. Now, she's just a form gauge on it but she was really well backed on the day as if kind of being beaten was out of the question and Esper Dahl absolutely stuffed her. He'll have a lot to do, but as Keith Dunhu said the last night at the preview night, he'll be um, he'll be ridden to kind of pick up the pieces and each way at, 
at 16 or kind of 20 to 1-esque. He's he's a big old price, really. And um, I think it's it's one of those races that just kind of might fall his way. And then, Paddy, from the, the race hour questions last night, uh, Patrick J at Paddy DeFeuille asked, um, do you think Mayor should get an allowance in championship races? Yeah, I mean, look, that's a question that's been asked many times, isn't it? But... At this level, there's an argument to say no, um, because we we want to see the best horse, don't we? Um, at, at off proper levels, so I think he has got an argument there, um, but I don't think it's something that will ever be altered. Um, but I do think he has an argument. Okay. Um. Well, let's ask let's ask Stephen Cass. You're, you're evaluating this race, Stephen, and you've got two seriously good mares, Apples Jade and Lorena, going to have to carry seven pounds more than the reigning champ. Ask me about the mayor's question, is it? Yeah, yeah, we do. Yeah, it's a good question. We should we should save this for a longer discussion when we don't have as much to talk about. Like I think, look, it's tried and tested over you know decades and decades, and I don't have a major problem with it. And we want to be encouraging mayors uh, in the program, so let's leave it there to to uh, in, encourage mayors to be to 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 camp, be campaigned at the top and not send them off. Um, to to have babies, so I'm happy with it without having thought too much about it. Uh, I'm kind of thinking about what I'm going to back at Cheltenham next week more so at the, at the moment. Well, it does affect uh, your thought process on this race, Stephen, because oh, it does. You, it does. You, you know it does, we've got like, two mares near Karen left wing. Yeah, no, it's there and it's always been there, and I'm I am yeah. happy with it as a system uh, because I do. Th- so it's there and we know it's there. So you take it into account and you take it into account in your betting. So um. Like you know, I'm perfectly happy for Apple's Jade because that's the way we do things. Uh, if if the powers that be decide to change it, fine. Um, Apple's Jade, I've all like I thought that she'd have no chance in the champion hurdle this season, even coming up to Leopardstown. But my God, she was unbelievable at Leopardstown, like really and truly awesome. Now there's little question marks about her, I suppose, back at Cheltenham and the slightly jumping right and all that. But she's so good. She is a different horse this season. I think she's 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 um she should probably be favourite. I definitely have her of the the three at the top of the market. Couldn't have Lorena at all. I, I you know her form is fine, and while she jumped well the last day, she was a little slow. But she hasn't done that to justify where she is in the market. Um, Bouvardier, uh, again this season is a bit patchy, and if he's that stuffy a horse, uh, he might just you know it might be the time to catch him. I don't think he's in the class of misdirect. We win in three champion hurdles, uh, so I'll happily look for something else but my favourite horse in training is, is running in this race and Dermo's mentioned him Espar Delen. I love this horse I'm president of the fan club of him um, I actually got him added to the Betfair market going way back back in October uh, to, for the champion hurdle he wasn't even in the market I just I love him he was a machine last year he would have he won the triumph I'd say if he was campaigned that way he, he's won every race he ever ran in except for Christmas as a juvenile when he bombed out there was something wrong like he beat Machuca, who was a, a really good horse back then. He's 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 um fallen by the wayside, but he actually was a really good proper horse. Beat him, beat Farclass, who won the Triumph, and then came back this season, beating Stormy Ireland, giving her nine or ten pounds. He was awesome at Limerick, and beat Wicklow Brave, giving Wicklow Brave eight pounds. Wicklow Brave's a proper one fifty something horse, and he was savage that day. Like he jumps, he travels. The race is going to be set up perfect for him. Because he'll be dropped in mid-division and he will jump as good as anything, as good as Bouvardier. He's some jumper and it's just going to be set up perfect for him. And if he's as good a horse as I think he is with the engine he has, he'll be there to finish. 
um, and I think he's a huge price. I can see why he is a price. You know, he hasn't actually gone and ran a figure in the late 160s, but I think it's in him, and uh, Espar Dallin would be, be my one here. I can't wait to see him. Is there a possibility, Stephen, that he's ridden with next year in mind? I know it's a champion hurdle, and you wouldn't expect that to happen, but is there a possibility with the, you know, the same colours carried by the two-time winner that he will be ridden with next year in mind? As in, he might hit the places, but be given a plenty to no. do. None? No. No, no chance. chance. Okay. Like, this horse is in... Is, in the prime of his life, he's he's ready to go. Gavin Cromwell is bringing him over. Gavin Cromwell is going to want to win a champion hurdle, um, no matter what Frank says to him on the day. Like Mark Welsh will be riding him, and Mark Welsh will want to win a champion hurdle as well. No chance. They they'll ride him to win the race because they he he could be good enough to win the race, and it's there to be grabbed. I don't like this thing of wrapping horses in cotton wool and saving them for next year and all this stuff. Like like he's there, run him, try, and the next year is always there anyway. But uh, it's not going to do him any harm trying. So I, I just don't see that argument. Like if, if you know, he, he mightn't be fit next year. Something might go wrong. So I, I, I don't think he's going to be ridden to pick up the piece. I think he'll be dropped in mid-div. I think Sharjah might be further back than him really to come with a wet sail. But Espar Dallin's such a good traveler and such a good jumper. They can just sit him on the rail in fifth or sixth and hope that he's good enough then when they do start to come back to him a bit, that he can go on up the hill. And I think he loved the hill. Like you saw at Limerick, I'd never really seen him off the bridle before until Limerick come around the bend and that funny ground they had at Limerick and they'd go around the last hurdle. And Mark Welsh, I, I was like, oh my God, I thought he was a bit of a bridle horse. And Mark Welsh started going for him and I was like, right, he's beaten. And then all of a sudden, whoosh, he was gone and he just whizzed past Stormy Ireland. It was an unbelievable performance. So he has that in his locker to have that change of gear when the jockey gets after him. So I actually think it might suit him. And if he's there, second or third, jumping the last, I think he could love the hill. Um, I really fancy him. I just think he's a huge price and he's got so much ability. Uh, I, I hope he goes and does it. But, you know, we could be wrong. He could just be a mid-150s horse and he'll be sent chasing next year. But um, I'd love to see Gavin Cromwell win the champion hurdle as well. So hopefully myself and Dermot are right and this fella is as good as we think he is. Yeah, I would echo all of that. I mean, when you're staring at an 18 to 1 chance who could be as good as the top three, then you're certainly looking at a bit of value. I think Bouvardet twos is still too big. <laughs> but I was told in no uncertain terms on the preview night for the race out that I was on my own in that camp. There was a good point made by Don McLean about Apple's Jade and all the previous form at two miles and the previous question marks about the way she jumped and also Cheltenham form that the Leopardstown run was a game changer. If you believe that, then um, she's rightly a two-to-one chance to win this champion hurdle. I'd be a Bouvardet um, fan, and I think he will be winning three in a row, but I can't knock Paddy's views on Apples Jade or the two lads with Espar Dallin at a big price. 18-to-one, one non-runner, no bet with uh, our sponsors at Bet Hard. Let's move on from the champion hurdle, and uh, we've got the mayor's hurdle, which I think it's probably fair to say that once the mayors come out in terms of Lorena and Apples Jade, Benny Dadu, who seems to be working the house down at home and all the vibes are very good uh, from Willie Mullins, is a bit of a penalty kick here, Stephen Cass. Yeah, um, I wouldn't be mad keen to back her at even money, but the way they're talking, um, you know, she seems unbeatable. It is a very weak race. That's the only thing. Uh, I won't spend a lot of time in this race because I don't have a strong opinion. Like, you know, you, you could back Stormy Ireland you know, if you like Espar Dallin, Stormy Ireland ran a very good race and Saglawi was third and he is no slouch now. So, and Stormy Ireland ran very well behind Lorena. 
So if Lorena runs very well in the champion hurdle, maybe you could have a few quid in Storm Yard with eights each way. Um, the one I might have a little bet on is slow motion because I think she's a very good horse. She's loads of ability. She's capable to running in the late 140s, which could put her up there. And she's about 50 to 1. Uh, she actually ran yes, very well without price. getting a hard time behind Lorena. So uh, maybe a little each way on slow motion, but no great opinion. Not a massive punting race if you're not willing to go wading uh, boots deep, Dermot Nolan, on uh, Benny Dadu. But you might be the type who would wade in boots deep with this horse. Uh, yeah, I think she wins. I think Don McLean's point the last night as well about the fact that she could well go off at an Altior-esque price isn't too far wrong when, when Lorena and Apple Jade comes out because they're making an awful lot of this market. Um, I, I just think Benny Dadu wins, but... Uh, I'm not someone that plays at those odds anyway, Dean. So unless I was having a, a stonking day, uh, as Angel Brett wins by about 10 lengths, I'll, uh, I'll probably hold fire. But the one I'd have a small each way on is uh, Momella, if she turns up here, uh, second to back up last year at entry. Now with Harry Fry, was traveling really well that day behind, you know what I mean, Harry, when she fell. Uh, it's been freshened up, and if she's a rock up here, a 33 to 1 or so, it wouldn't be the biggest surprise was she able to place. But uh, it's not a race I'm overly enthused about, Dean. No, and I'd be in your camp too. I echo uh, the thoughts about Stormy Island. I've seen that one in the flesh and, and a mare that tanks like that certainly got more ability. If she could just settle there, I think she'd certainly get into the mix. But Benny Dadu looks very, um, well, just looks the obvious winner, Paddy Aspel. Yeah, I mean, like Darmo says, it's just going to take it's a certain type of punter that, that she'll, she'll be of interest to really. But, I mean, the fact of the matter is she's, just throughout her whole career, you look down to it, she has stood very little racing. I mean, obviously the engine is there, but she isn't straightforward or, or, or very easy to keep right. But she's come back and won off big layoffs like she's she's hoping to do next week as well. And I mean, the form of that mayor's race last year, I mean, obviously that was where Apple's Jade was was beaten at one to two. And But, you know, Warren Great Texas mayor was well down the field that day. Labaga Roy, um, you know, the ability is there. And if the if the vibes coming out of the Mullins camp are are true, I can't really see out there that's got the, the, the ability to beat her, I mean, because her form is just so, so rock solid, but it's all about keeping the wheels on. But, you know, you, you, you've got to, you've got to, um, you've got to take that price on board. You know, 11 to 10 is round about sort of the, the best you're going to get, isn't it? It's best you're going to get for sure. Once Apples and Lorena uh, sidestep and the market adjusts again, she's going to be shorter than that for sure. So picks and bits of value for the likes of slow motion, stormy Island and Mamela, but Benny Dadu's probably got the race to lose that's um the mares we're going to move on to the close brothers novices handicap chase uh definitely a race i think we can go to stephen cast to pick a part for us uh, yeah i do really fancy one here actually really uh, probably my second strongest fancy in the handicaps all week um i think the best novice handicap chase ran was the one that killed the sark one at cheltenham in january lovely Love that. McNeil family colours as well for Alan King. That's a Zerti from Stephen Cass for the Close Brothers. Uh, Dermot Nolan. Uh, yeah, so I was kind of big enough on, on Campidor, but uh, he, he wasn't confirmed today, which I'm, uh, I'm quite disappointed about, obviously. Uh, and uh, to be honest, the, the other one I had on my list was actually a Zerti as well. Um, so Steve has absolutely nailed it. So uh, I will, I'll leave it with that and I'll, I'll row in behind Stephen Cass, which is always advisable. We'll get that when we get there. So Azerti definitely on the list. Frank Hickey is a, is, a, is a proper, proper judge too. So well said. Let's hear from Paddy Aspel on the Close Brothers. Have you worked this one out, Paddy? I like the look of Paul Nolan's horse here, Quamino. Um, 
I think he's had a pretty, pretty decent year. He's not done an awful lot wrong over fences, apart from he lost his rider early doors uh, three runs back. But apart from that, you know, he's been in the money his last four runs. Um, and that was a really, really good effort the last day. It was given an absolute peach of a ride by, by Brian Cooper. I think Paul Nolan is giving this chap so much confidence. He, he, he looks to me like he's just saying to him, go out there and ride him how you want. Um, and he's been exceptional on some of these horses this year. So Camino for me, he offers a little bit of value, and I think he looks competitive off one three seven lads. Okay, Camino for Paddy Aspel. I, I've been very interested to see this money come for Riders on the Storm for Tom Taff. I love it when he lines one up for the festival, um, and I'd be I'd be happy enough to probably back that on the day. I think I've missed all the fancy prices though. It's in there with our Plutar um, as the joint favourite for the contest now at sevens, which seems. Short enough. These compressed handicaps do not excite me, I have to say. But the two boys with Azerti, uh, Quinn Mino for Paddy Aspel, and I'm going to give Riders on the Storm a very tentative uh, nod from me. Uh, the day does wrap up now with the National Hunt four-mile chase. Big news um, breaking today. There's no Champagne Classic here, Damo. We, we wasted our time on the race hour preview night the other night. Yeah, in fairness to Keith Dunhill, I watched a preview last night, or sorry, I read the, the the other preview last night and um, Gordon Elliott was saying that he was losing the battle to, to run him in that race. That was definitely the big race that he wanted him to run in and um, it just kind of happened happened that way, which is obviously disappointing for everyone involved, but thankfully we were in non-running no bet time of the year, Dean, so it's no big deal. But it, unless they happen to put um, the horse that I've been talking about all year and Paddy's been talking about all year, Discorama, into the, um, the other handicap, on today as well, the uh, on Tuesday the um, the Ultima, which he is still in, but if this Garama does rock up here, which I think he will under Barry O'Neill, I think he'll take the world of beating him. And he could end up going off, well, second favorite, Dama. He could well go off second favorite. I mean, the race has just really cut up, and when you look at the market there, you know, it's it's okay, Corral, Bally Ward, and and this Garama, and just. The momentum is picking up now behind this Garam. I think the four miles will suit him an awful lot. And I'm absolutely thrilled with the booking of Barry O'Neill. So the bigger the price he is, Dean, Dean the better, because I'll probably just keep going on. And uh, I'd say on the day I'll be I'll be going in once again. He's getting to a price that doesn't excite me at all now, Discorama, because because of that, you know, when we talk about horse so much over yeah, the few weeks, we were, we, were about, yeah. we were looking at 20s and 16s and I'm not on. So now I'm definitely not getting on, <laughs> but I'll be delighted for I'll be delighted for you if he wins. Uh, Paddy Aspel, I'm assuming you're going to uh, jump on the Discorama bandwagon here. I mean, OK, Corral is favorite, but we have been very pleased with this Garama coming into this yeah for sure I mean look he, he's low mileage over fences and he is coming here off the back of a horrible old fall at Nace the last day but I mean that was a grade three your grand there don't worry carry on that, that was a grade three. He was in the process of running a very, very big race. Could have gone and won, uh, but in the end, it was left to Bally War to come home by himself. But nonetheless, I mean, you look down through Discorama's form. I mean, the form of his beginners that he won at Nace last year has worked out very well. I mean, in a grade one, in the Drinmore, I mean, he was beaten 16 lengths, but I mean, that was behind Delta work. And I've, I've looked down through that race. It's red hot form. And then obviously, like I say, he did end up on the floor the last day, but he's got bags of potential. This horse, his lack of experience would worry me. And I wouldn't like to see him clip in much shorter now. Um, but for now, if he was to stay around about where he is at about sort of round about tens, uh, I would be happy to be on board. Yeah. 
Okay, another vote then for Discorama. Um, on that race hour preview night that we did the other night, I think Fon was a little bit concerned about OK Corral being a Nicky Henderson horse over this trip, and I echo those concerns. I think you want to find something at a nicer price. I'm a big fan of Impulsive Star, and looking at the prices now, and as I did last week on that preview, um, I think Impulsive Star at around 12 to 1 still represents a bit of value. His price hasn't uh, contracted given the changes with the likely field, whereas horse like Discorama has come rocketing in in the betting and OK Corral pretty steady at the top end of that. I think Stephen Cass is uh, is back with us here uh, for the National Hunt chase. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. No, no, I, I have nothing great to add. To be honest, it's not a, a it's not a race I can ever really get a handle on. I think it's fi- it's almost a race you you see what kind of horse suits it after the race is finished. So I'm not I'm not getting involved. Not getting involved, says Stephen Casso. Two big votes for Discorama. Uh, I'm an impulsive star man at the prices anyway. Bethard, home of the 30% combo booster, is the ultimate destination for Cheltenham punters who are serious about winning. With markets for every single festival race right now, Bethard has you covered with non-runner no bet across all the championship events. Visit Bethard today, where winners dare more. Ages 18 and over, visit begambleaware.org.